Chapter 1. Later, Lisa, I've got eggplant parmesan and a dead woman on beacon hell to take care of. In the beginning, there was spaghetti. It was long, thin, sensual, and satisfying. Sure, there were other things that you could end up in bed with on a Saturday night, but none would ever compare to a bowl of spaghetti fra diavolo, hot pepper basil sauce, and grated and ported Romano cheese. Sassy women who threw caution to the wind and flirted openly with dangerous men were spaghetti women. These women define themselves by their own standards and live life on the edge because they're exhilarated by the view. Carla Ferrari was such a woman. Blessed with intelligence and beauty, a lethal combination by anyone's standards, at five feet ten inches tall with long blonde hair and cool green eyes, Carla was more woman than an Amazon princess. Throw in the fact that she was an expert with a nine-millimeter handgun, an oven, and the Kama Sutra, and you had all the elements worthy of her nickname, the Calabrese Time Bomb. What better profession for the bomb than private eye? Her father, Joe, had been a Boston cop, killed in the line of duty when she was ten. Ever since that day, eighteen years ago, Carla knew she wanted to be in law enforcement. After graduating the academy and three years on the Boston PD, she left her partner Nick Calvey and the job abruptly at the end of the O'Malley case and set up shop on Tremont Street as a private investigator. If Carla was spaghetti with hot sauce, her friend Lisa Locke was penne primavera, tubular pasta with a light olive oil and sautéed vegetables. The perfect complement to Carla's volatile, sexy, in-your-face personality Lisa was deliberate, composed, and in control. The five-foot-four pretty brunette with dark brown eyes met Carla four years earlier when she was working as an Internet security specialist on a project for Zone Clear Insurance Corporation in Charlestown. Together, they cracked a fraud case, and ever since then, the two were inseparable. With a master's degree in computer science, Lisa was a technical genius next to Carla. It relied on legwork and gut instinct to solve a homicide. Lisa was from the suburbs in Revere. Her father was blue-collar union and made good money as an electrician. She worked her way through college on scholarship and graduated at the top of her class. She was smart, logical, driven, and married to her job. It was Wednesday and Carla was eating an eggplant parmesan sandwich when the phone rang. It's Lisa on line one. Deborah yelled to Carla from her desk just outside of Carla's office. Deborah Danucci was Carla's assistant. She was a 22-year-old aspiring actress from the North End, working for Ferrari till she could land her big break in show business and pay off her breast implants. She read romance novels and had sculptured nails. A beauty school dropout, Deborah was useful when it came to disguises and hair color identification. Outside of that, her skills as an assistant were less than stellar. Still, Carla had a soft spot for the street kid from working-class parents and overlooked the fact that Deborah had no business ability. "'What's up, Lisa?' Carla asked as she wiped the spaghetti sauce from her hands on a paper towel. "'Somebody off their old man for the insurance money?' "'Not exactly. Something's been going on over here for the past three months that just doesn't look right.' Oh, yeah? Like what? Carla's curiosity was piqued enough to leave the cannoli she had sitting on her desk in the box instead of enjoying a bite. Like a rash of sudden deaths. 
Lisa covered her hand over the phone and spoke just above a whisper. I got it. Three women, all wealthy and in perfect health prior to their sudden demise. The insurance company is on the hook for millions in death benefits, and they're looking for a private investigator to look into it a little deeper before they pay off on the policies. Another interesting fact is that the medical examiner listed them all as undetermined deaths. Sounds interesting and and lucrative. Carla played with the dessert, knocking the powdered sugar off her cannoli. Thanks for the referral. No longer able to resist the crisp confection with the sweet ricotta filling, she took a bite. Between chewing and swallowing, she managed to take down all of the particulars. Satisfied with her notes, she repeated them back to Lisa. Okay, Lisa, 